The Super Bowl matchup is set, but of course, we're not here to talk about the Super Bowl. We're here to talk about your dynasty decisions, your trade questions, your rebuilding questions, your rookie pick questions. That is what we cover on this channel. It's Dynasty Decisions, episode number 98. We have eight teams that we're going to go through. All of these are Mother Flocker or Flocker members over on Flock Fantasy. So if you guys want to make sure that your team gets broken down as soon as possible, definitely check that out. But uh, a lot of interesting discussion that we're going to have because me and Danny are going fast and furious through these prospects. We're starting to get a lay of the land in terms of how valuable these rookie picks are about to be. And of course, we have a lot of impending decisions coming up with free agency on the horizon, all that kind of stuff. So very fun time to be talking dynasty fantasy football, because this is when the true degenerates and the true gamers get a, a, a edge on their league mates. Like Corey said the Super Bowl is set in two weeks, San Francisco against the Kansas City Chiefs, but the dynasty offseason doesn't rest. Yeah, absolutely. So we're not going to waste any time. Let's get right into it. All right, so as I talked about in the intro, all of these teams that we're breaking down are code FSE users over on Flock Fantasy. If you guys play Dynasty Fantasy Football, you're going to want to sign up on Flock Fantasy. We got our draft guide coming out in about two or three weeks. We got um, uh, prospect databases live going fast and furious, our uh, Dynasty Superflex, one quarterback, prospect rankings. Everything you can need for Dynasty purposes is over there. And of course, when you sign up, use code FSE to get first priority to these videos, Dynasty Decisions. So we're going to start it off with John's team. You guys can see the team on the screen there. It's a 12-team, half PPR, one quarterback league, four point per passing touchdown there. Um, he said this was an orphan team taken one, uh, taken over one year ago that had basically nothing uh, on the team. League is very top heavy. He said he hit on like most of his picks last year. So let's look at the team here. He's got Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young as his top two quarterbacks. It's a one quarterback league, so that's probably fine. Yeah. Brian Robinson, Nick Chubb, Ramondre Stevenson, a couple others at running back. Um, wide receivers, Zay Flowers, JSN. Um, Dontavian Wicks, Michael Wilson, a couple other guys there. Uh, and then Kyle Pitts is his main tight end with a litany of draft picks this year, including the 101 projected to be one Marvin Harrison, and then a couple yep. other picks there in the late first round and into the second round. And then an additional first in 2025, an additional first in 2026, additional 20, uh, 26 second, a couple of those. So pretty good shell, got some good uh, productive pieces here. He ended up moving off of a few players, which we'll talk about in a second to get more draft capital. But um, initially, what are your thoughts on this team and kind of the direction he's going with? Yeah, I think he's recouped a ton of value. Obviously, the main concern on this team is going to be that wide receiver core because um, you got the, your, your main two guys. There was Zay and JSN, both guys I view as top 24 dynasty wide receiver two assets. But the problem is after that, unit is looking bleak. Now, it is a shallow league uh, start eight, and you have that draft capital, so I'm not worried in the slightest about you fixing that goal. Ultimately, I think you've positioned yourself very well, having four future picks in 25 and 26 and having the litany of picks that you have this year, including one Marvin Harrison Jr. You're looking at it objectively. Okay, well, when's the contending window of this team? I would say this year's going to be your house money year because you're going to have the 101. You're going to have a couple of the picks. You're going to have some young players that could potentially accrue value. I think by 2025, once you get those extra two first round picks in, once you have an extra 2026 to play with, you're going to be able to compete and turn this team around. For an orphan team, uh, it's in really, really good condition. So I think you did a really good job. Yeah, especially when you consider the fact that the league is very top-heavy, like you said. So there's yeah. probably one or two teams, maybe three teams in your league that have the Christian McCaffrey type of assets that... 
by the time you're ready to compete are probably not going to be overly valuable fantasy assets. Every yeah. asset minus your running back core, which I'm sure you're aware you need to move off of Brian Robinson. You need to move off of Nick Chubb and Ramondre Stevenson and those guys when those opportunities present themselves. If you don't, that's definitely something that I would do with this team. Um, by the time you're ready to compete, you're going to have all like young running backs by then. Anyway, your wide receiver core hopefully will have developed. Um, but I think you've done a good job turning this orphan around uh, so far. You definitely have another year, probably two of rebuilding. Um, and he said, like, I'm just going to continue to stockpile draft picks. I'm not going in too early because he's going to be in no man's land, especially with these top heavy teams in this league, um, especially in a, a shallow league too. You just don't have the studs to compete anytime soon. Like even after this, this year's rookie class, like even if you hit on like most of your picks, you probably still would be behind the eight ball in terms of being ready to compete. So um, it's good that you're being patient. It's good that you're taking over this thing. A lot of the times people take over orphans. They're not understanding they're orphaned for a reason. They probably weren't very good teams. And you got to, when you take over an orphan, you got to be really patient with it and, and think about the yeah, long term. It's a fun project to take on, which is why not everybody wants to take on orphans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, the challenge there, it's basically like saying, okay, I'm good at dynasty. Let me see if I can up the difficulty. It's like kind of like when you when you hop into a new video game you just bought and you go from the uh, the normal mode to the hard mode. That's kind of like what taking on an orphan is. Because again, you're working at a disadvantage, but if you're a sharp dynasty player, you have a calculated process. It may take a lot of time, but you're able to turn it around. And I do think this team is showing signs of turning it around. I think we can look at a couple of these deals. And uh, basically, two of them are in conjunction. One of them solo on its own. So this first deal, Jordan Addison and a third for Kyle Pitts and Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, in your spot, maybe keeping the young wide receiver would have been the play. However, in a start eight, trying to get the positional advantage at tight end, buying low on Kyle Pitts at this point, uh, I think this is a pretty pretty solid deal again you're getting Ramondre Stevenson at a discount because I would say that Ramondre Stevenson easily over the third and although I prefer Addison I think Pitts is closer to him as an asset than the third is to Ramondre but uh what are your thoughts on this yeah I think I would have just probably held Addison there's a lot of unnecessary risk that you're taking on there with Kyle Pitts yeah. Stevenson I think was a fine buy I think because he was probably injured around this time this was a smart decision to go after him but yeah I think I, I probably would have just held Addison you had a young receiver sure. who was you know, by the time your team was ready to compete, was probably going to be in his prime. I probably would have just held. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Again, I think this is a pretty fair deal regardless, though. So structurally, I don't mind uh, getting get the tight end. However, I will say I'm not a big fan of this uh, this deal uh, combined. So if we're looking at it, basically, Stefan Diggs in the fourth out. If you're combining these deals, you gave up Tank Dell and Brees Hall in exchange for Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, a second and third and two firsts. If I'm looking at this, to be honest, that's about the going rate. Maybe not about the going rate for Brees Hall, but maybe if you took a, a two off, that would be the going rate for Brees Hall. Yeah, I, I mean, it sucks that you bought Stefan Diggs because Stefan Diggs, if he was a different win now wide receiver, you could have gotten a lot more for Stefan Diggs, but his value is kind of tanked. So what I definitely would not have done is sold him right away. I would have yeah. held Stefan Diggs for a while, see kind of how his value recouped itself. You're going to have selling windows with Stefan Diggs, I would imagine, even if he's not back with Buffalo whenever he signs with his new team potentially or, you know, whatever the case to be re-signs with Buffalo. There's a lot of uncertainty around Diggs right now, especially when you made this deal. So I probably wouldn't have done this the way that you did it. But yeah. having all the draft assets that you now have, not a terrible idea. Uh, and also just... moving off of Brees Hall, who's a running back. But even though, you know, he's a young running back, I don't mind that idea. I just think, like Danny said, like you, you, you got good assets, just not like good enough. Yeah, because, I mean, if I'm combining Tank Dell and Brees Hall in terms of market value, you're probably looking at what combined there. 
maybe not quite four ones because that'd be uh, assessing them both as two first round picks. But I, in a one probably, quarterback start eight, man, I think that's probably that's about yeah. reasonable, probably especially four. for Brees. Man, Brees is definitely worth two ones in a star court. Oh, one I agree. Quarterback I agree. Start, uh, start eight league. In a one quarterback league, especially with a start eight, I would actually agree. Like, so I'd probably be looking for four ones of that package. Uh, so if you're calculating it here, two ones, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, second and a third, not really the bank for your buck. You would, you would. Be yeah, no, I, I think you just got a little bit shorted in terms of assets. Yeah. Um, he says he's looking to move off of 107 and 111, looking to use these for a wide receiver one, potentially to accumulate more second round picks. As, uh, he believes there's a lot of value there. I would say definitely this year, especially there's a lot of value in that area. He said last year he had success getting three first for Bijan. So that's definitely good. He was able to move off of 101. Um, and he got three first rounders in exchange for that. He said the owner with the 102 is interested in 101 with my roster. Should I entertain to move back to accumulate more assets? I mean, it depends what the price is because I think there's a difference between Marvin Harrison and Malik Neighbors. If yeah. the guy's going to give you a, a first next year for for the difference yeah. between Marvin Harrison and Malik Neighbors, I think that's a fine yeah. move to make. But at the same time, you kind of need a guy like Marvin Harrison for this team. If he wants to move up, it needs to be an overpay. It needs to be 102 plus a first round pick for maybe 101 plus the 204 this year. Like that's what I would be looking to do if I'm moving the pick because or the two oh he has the 201. So maybe that that would be like the pick yeah. that you move off of. Because like in a start eight one quarterback dynasty league, like you need those top end 104 level in the start of value players, which is what Marvin Harrison Jr. will be. The moment he gets drafted to the NFL, the only three players that are probably going to be going to get ahead of him in dynasty uh dynasty in one quarterback dynasty drafts is probably going to be cd lamb it's probably going to be jamar chase and it's probably going to be justin jefferson i don't see a case for anybody else going above them yeah exactly and neighbors will go high too so 102 is no like terrible asset that you're getting in return but at the same time you probably want something a little bit better so continue to stay the course with this team i mean you got a lot of work to do obviously and i think you're aware of that so just make sure that you're not too hasty. Try and move off of those contending running backs. Continue to collect more draft assets. Move down and trade around the rookie draft board where possible. But again, remember that you do need studs for this team. So if you're moving off of guys like Marvin or a stud that falls to you, say at 107, like Bauer somehow falls to you, like just take the, the stud at that point. Like you, you need studs for this team. Yeah, no, I would agree with you there. But overall, I feel like we can move on to the next team. That is going to be from Micah. And he says here, uh, this is a startup from last year. Did a lot of trading in the draft to move back and acquire picks. Me and one other guy have the first six picks in the draft. So he says that he obviously needs help here. Any real advice that we have for him and what to do with this team moving into the rookie draft. So if we're looking at it right now, I do feel like at quarterback, you are strong there with Kyler Murray, with Bryce Young, and with Will Levis. So having the 102 there, maybe your tiebreaker there is because you have Murray, because you have Young, because you have Levis looking at a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. And looking at the status of the wide receiver core outside of DK, I don't think you have like a true set top 24 level dynasty wide receiver. And even DK Metcalf, if somebody views them, uh, if views them as that, it's more so as a fringe top 25 guy rather than a strong top 25 guy. So right off the bat, looking at the team 102, I'm pigeonholing for Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm sure you can agree with that as well. Um, but yeah, what uh, other than Marv at 102, what else are you pr uh, probably thinking about with this team? So knowing that you have 104 and you're going to take Marvin at 102, and he said there's one other guy with all the picks, I would imagine you're going to have an opportunity to draft another quarterback, whether it's Jaden Daniels or Drake May at 104 slash 105. What I would maybe consider doing is seeing what Bryce Young is going for on the open market right now since the hiring of Dave Canales, because he's carrying a lot of unnecessary risk for your roster right now. And if you can just re-roll 
Bryce Young into like a late first rounder or a mid first rounder, even potentially, or just a random 2025 first rounder, and then take Drake May or Jaden Daniels at 104, that kind of resets your quarterback core a little bit, offloads some risk and continues uh, building up some liquidity for you. So that was like the move that stood out to me immediately. But I mean, in terms of like just rookie draft value right now, Marvin makes a ton of sense for this team. Malik Neighbors slash one of those quarterbacks makes the sense for the other picks for this team. So this team is obviously devoid of running back talent, but you know that at 202, I would probably take a running back shot at that point. Maybe it's a Braylon Allen, Trey Benson, Jonathan Brooks type like that. And then come 2025, it's a better running back class. Your team is going to be more developed at the wide receiver position, at the tight end position, at the quarterback position. At that point in time, I'd probably be looking to start adding running backs in 2025. And the uh, the other thing I'll add is because like, uh, like you mentioned too, uh, one of those picks, the 104, 105 regardless, is going to be Malik Neighbors regardless. What Corey's saying here is because you're going to have the opportunity at another quarterback asset like a Jane Daniels, does it make sense to have all four guys between Kyler, Bryce, Will Levis? Now, that's what I'm saying here is don't pass on Jaden Daniels if nobody's willing to trade with you because then you could just say, okay, I can take Jaden Daniels. I'll have him here. And then when somebody like Bryce Young ups his value or Will Levis ups his value or even Jaden Daniels himself uh, has the Anthony Richardson level rise, then you can sell at a later date, kind of like you mentioned this example, I believe in a live stream where you did that with Bijan Robinson in the league that we're in together. So just because you make that pick doesn't mean that they have to be on your roster in the long haul. But I will say when you're on the clock at the 105, Gauge your league. See if somebody needs that Jaden Daniel. See if somebody needs that Brock Bauer. See if somebody needs that needle moving asset because uh, in that position, because you don't have, uh, I'm sorry, you do have 2024 picks. My bad. It, it, there was a middle column there that was empty. You have two 2024, uh, 2025 first. You have a second, third, fourth in that draft. If somebody wants the 105 this year and they're picking at, say, the 109 and they need a quarterback bad and you can get the 109 plus their 2025 first round pick, monopolize that class because you'd have your third uh, first round pick. You don't need a quarterback. So if they're willing to overpay, you may as well sell one. Yeah. And I would say specifically with Young and Levis, see yeah. which one of them, how their value kind of fluctuates throughout the off season. If we get a stud receiver going to Tennessee and they sign a guy in free agency, maybe Will Levis's value is on the up and you can move off of that unnecessary risk. Or like I said, because we already have one checkbox for Bryce Young with the new coaching staff, if they go out and sign T Higgins in free agency, that might really present an opportunity to, for you to move off of the risk of Bryce Young. And even though I still like Bryce Young, there's no real reason for you to hold that risk, knowing that you have quarterback asset in the bank with either the 104 or the 105 or potentially both guys could be there at that pick. So definitely a lot of flexibility with this thing. You're going to be set at quarterback regardless, but remember in the rookie draft, you're not drafting for needs. So you want to set yourself up in a way that you can cash out on risky assets like Bryce Young and Will Levis, if possible for good value. And if not, you're just going to kind of load up on quarterbacks and then, uh, you know, move off of whatever guy makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I mean, looking at the shell, obviously the running backs, you either got, you know, potential production. That's a fine core. Work. Honestly, I like I for, agree. for a, a house money like this. is Like if you do this right, let's say you walk out of this rookie draft with Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, and Drake May. Those are the, the four, the three players you come out of this draft with. You moved Bryce Young for a random 2025 first earlier in the offseason. So you got three ones next year and you have Kyler Murray, Will Levis, and Drake May as your quarterbacks. You have Marvin and Malik to head out the wide receiver course. Suddenly your core looks a lot better because you have a lot of upside guys with Jaden Reed and Dotson and Josh Downs, DK Metcalf and those type of dudes, yep. you're going to be ready to compete in 2025. Most likely once you add, let's say, you know, Ollie Gordon or, you know, some of those 2025 running backs that were actually, it, it looks like it's going to be a half decent running back class. I know we've said that for like two straight years, but it looks like this year will at least be better 
um, or sorry, 2025 will at least be better than 2024's class, then you could probably have um, a pretty solid core. And Tajay Spears and Roshan Johnson could turn into something as well. I was actually going to point that out, by the way, too, which is funny because if you get an extra 2025 first and you could potentially add uh, maybe two running backs in the draft next year to this team, you have Tajay, who's potentially going to be uh, in a heightened workload with Derek Henry potentially leaving the Titans this year. Uh, Gus Edwards, like he's shown, to be an efficient runner where anytime he gets the starting opportunity, he could be a productive, you know, top 25 level running back, more of a production piece. And uh, with Roshan Johnson, obviously a little bit of ambiguity with the Bears system. We don't necessarily know who's going to be the lead back moving forward. And I mean, he's the guy with draft equity invested into him. So uh, yeah, uh, like Corey said, I'm really, uh, I'm really liking where you got this team going. Yeah, and the nice thing about running backs is it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you don't have any running backs, you might be thinking, oh, I'm going to need running backs once I'm ready to compete. But running backs are the easiest assets to buy in fantasy. Yes. Like production at running back, like if you got three first-round picks in 2025, you're going to be able to buy production at running back, even if the class isn't good. Like people will want the wide receiver, they'll want Luther Burden, they'll want Draw or whatever high-end assets are in the 2025 class. You're going to be able to move off of those if you're ready to compete at that point for Brees Hall coming off of like a mid RB1 season or whatever. You can do that at that point in time. So you you are setting yourself up for a lot of flexibility, a lot of the liquidity that the major moves that I would consider is moving off of one of those risky quarterbacks, continuing to work the board during your rookie draft and probably at 202 and 302, maybe taking dart throws at running backs, knowing that they could turn into something um, for your team come 2025. Yeah, no, I completely agree with uh, where we lay this team out, but I think we can move on to the next team unless you have any closing thoughts here. No, no, I'm good. We can move on to Vita's team here. Um, he said, uh, please call him Vita if this goes on Dynasty Decisions. So we got you here. Yeah, Vita's team, he started his rebuild in 2023 after shitting the bed in the startup draft in 2022. We've all been there. Uh, he says, all things considered, I think I've killed this rebuild so far. He said he even beat the 2023 to 2024 champ yeah. who went on uh, to become 13-1 and one this season. So he actually got gave him his only L. Um, however, oh. aside from the 102, he says he will be drafting Drake May. Um, obviously, don't make your decisions right now. You could say that at this point in time, but you never know what's going to happen. He said, yeah. I'm not sure what my direction should be for the rest of his capital. He says he's in, tra uh, in favor of trading picks if possible. However, he is on the fence on who I should go after. So appreciates any advice we can give. Uh, let's exactly. get into it. So he's got 12 team, super flex league. Kyler is his only major quarterback. So that's probably why he's dead set on drafting Drake May. Uh, Devon Achan is his major running back production piece there. Then he's got Puka Nakua, Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, a couple of other upside pieces, but nothing too special at uh, wide receiver. Good tight end core with Trey McBride, Michael Mayer, and Noah Fant. And then, like he said, 102, 106, 107, 109, 110, 202, and 206. And then an extra second rounder in 2025 as well. So thankfully for you, you need wide receivers, and this is a very good wide receiver class. Yeah. So you're going to be very well set up to fill out this core. The one thing that I would maybe consider doing with this team is because you have 106 and 107 and you're already set at tight end, Brock Bowers is probably going to go with one of those two picks. If Trade I up. had to guess, and again, we're projecting right now, there's no reason to like attach names to this player right now, but what I would maybe consider doing is using your 106 to try and move up to 103 or 104. That way you can get both Marvin Harrison and Drake may or both Marvin Harrison and Jaden Daniels. If you prefer him. So if, would you if be willing to you, Sorry, uh, one, one last thing here. Yeah. If all costs you to go from 106 to 103 or 104 is 106 plus 202 gets you 104 plus 212 or 306 or something like that, I would I would maybe consider that. And again, we don't know the logistics of it and how realistic that is, but that's the first thing that popped into my head when seeing this team. Uh, yeah, I, th I think you're probably more so looking probably 106. Honestly, I think 106 plus 107 might actually be the cost to go pick in the top three. 
And he, really, it, you it think might, it'll be that expensive? Yeah, I mean, if your league yeah. mates are sharp and uh, like Danny's, I think you're making a wild assumption that they're going to value the top three assets that well. Well, because there's also plenty of people arguing that Drake May isn't even one of those guys. That Jaden Daniels belongs over him. I've seen many people argue that Romo Dunze is wide receiver one or two in this class. So I think the 106, 107 area should be relatively fluid compared to 103 and 104 in most people's leagues, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I just I doubt if somebody knows they're getting Marvin Harrison Jr. that they're gonna let him go for that cheap. And may, maybe you talk to the guy at one hundred three and uh, you give him uh, the assumption like, hey, I I, I want to walk out of this with with Marvin and Drake May. Uh, what what's the cost of one hundred three gonna be? And then at that point, if he's like, yeah, it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be one hundred six plus one hundred seven. Then you can gauge it from there. But honestly, I mean, if it's one hundred six and one hundred nine, I think I would do that. Yeah, and you might even be able to get a random two ten back on top of that or yeah, something like that, maybe. just to just to add another piece on your team. But I mean, we're being we're we're being really micro with this at this point in time. Yeah. The bottom line is you're just gonna go best player available with most of those picks, move when 100%. you can. Um, because you're gonna be able to walk out of this draft with let's say a quarterback at either one oh two or one oh six or one oh seven, depending on how the board falls. Cause I mean, the other thing too, like if Drake May goes to the Patriots. He might be on the board at 106, man. Like people will fade him into oblivion if that happens. Um, um so I mean, the, the other like, option would be you're gonna be able to walk out of this draft with three or four really solid wide receivers, a quarterback, and you know, maybe uh, you take some running back dart throws at the end of the first round, early second round, and your tight end core is already set. You already have one quarterback to work around, you already have one running back to work around, and you have two very solid wide receivers plus some upside. So you kind of just need to add um, names to this team, add some more pieces to this team that are going to be valuable assets. Hear me out. And I mean, the other direction you can go is, um, seeing what the cost of one Oh four would be, uh, or one Oh five, because in, in that instance, uh, you can say, Hey, it's not that higher than the, uh, that much higher than the one Oh six versus the one Oh five, one Oh four. And in this instance, because you have McBride and mayor, like Corey was saying, you would basically position yourself to get either Jaden Daniels or Malik neighbors. And then you would have a, a, a side co uh, conversation here where it's like, if you think Jaden Daniels would be going for at your league and you can go up to the five spot, maybe you take Marvin uh, at the 102 or, or, or vice versa. Sorry. If neighbors is going at the 104 and you know, Jane Daniels can be there at the 105, maybe you trade up the five, take Marvin at two or vice versa. If you know, neighbors going to be there at five, because somebody at four loves, uh, loves Jane Daniels. It affects your decision at two. Cause then you can take Drake may and pair him with Malik neighbors. So basically you're looking at opportunity bundles of either Jane Daniels and Marvin Harrison jr or Drake may and Malik neighbors. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is examine where the people uh, yeah. that are picking in between you, like what their needs are. Are they going to take a quarterback? They're going to take a wide receiver, you know, chat back and forth. Like some people might just outright tell you like, I love Malik neighbors. I'm going to take him at one Oh four. Like that. Some, they shouldn't be telling you that, but some people will like, they might oh, just 100%. be open. Like I love Malik neighbors. If he's there at one Oh four, I'm going to take him. And then you're at a point, then you're like, okay, neighbors, you can book him in for 104. You know, Bowers is going to fall to you at 106, but you don't need Bowers. So you're like, hey, I'm going to take 106 and, you know, my 109 and go up to 104 or 103 and try and get uh, one of those top quarterbacks or one of those yeah. top wide receivers. So bottom line is you got a lot of flexibility with this. We could probably break down some of the trades he made. Um, he ended yeah. up selling T Higgins for Zay Flowers and what eventually became the 106. That is a smash, smash deal. You got absolutely yes. great value on that. I think that was a good process play too. You sold... T Higgins for a first round receiver and a future first. Like that is a smart decision for sure. How would you rank these assets? Um, I prefer Zay flowers to T Higgins, to be honest. I think it's probably comparable. They're in the same tier, but given his team construction and the way that his team is built, I would prefer Zay flowers. But, but it's funny in my opinion, how like the, I view the one Oh six Zay flowers, T Higgins kind of like on par as assets. 
and you got two of those three assets for right. only one of them. So yeah, uh, I mean, three oh two for Puka Nakua before the season, buddy. <laughs> this is uh this is the type of thing that turns down uh, turns around rebuilds pretty quickly. And then um selling the three ten for Zamir White. I would suggest that you shop Zamir White, especially if we get some news that like Josh Jacobs is going to hit the open market or something like that. You might be able to net a, a future second for Zamir White. That's probably what yeah. I would be looking for in a trade. Somebody might give you a 2025 second just because they need running back talent and they're focused on next season already. So that would be the uh, the thing that would stand out based on the trades that you've made so far. That might be an exploitable move you can do. Yeah, no, I agree. But uh, either way, uh, you crush the trades. The team's looking really good and you're well positioned. For your rookie draft, I think we can move on to the next team. Yeah, let's move on to Wanye's uh, team here. Um, it's a 12-team PPR, four-point per passing touchdown, one quarterback league. He just has Justin Fields listed here. I'm assuming that's like the only quarterback of note. Uh, Bijan Robinson, Tajay Spears, David Montgomery, Zach Charbonnet, Roshan Johnson, pretty solid running back. Corey's got Alave, JSN, Drake London, DJ Moore, Tank Dell, Kyle Pitts, David Njoku, Michael Mayer, and a boatload of picks here with 104, 105, 107, 201, 203, 204, 205, et cetera. Number of first rounders in 2025 as well, including one potentially early to mid, and then also a couple extra seconds in 2025. So, I mean, it's pretty safe to say that this looks like a house money team to me. You got a very young team. You got a team that probably could compete if things broke right. Let's say Tajay Spears is the lead back for the Titans. Uh, JSN takes a step forward. You know kind of what house money means at this point. I know Wanya has been following the channel for a while. Oh, yeah. And you got all these picks in the bank to be able to continue to build this thing. You're going to be at a point pretty soon where you're either drafting good rookie values or you're trying to sell players for studs. And sorry, my reaction there, I'm just looking at some of these deals and I thought, okay, maybe it's a super flex league, which is maybe some of the tax that got added here. But uh, we'll go back to the team in a second. I just want to point out some of these trades. So uh, the first one, we'll, we'll go in chronological order because I feel like they're, they're all, uh, they were all sharp moves. Uh, David Njoku, Traylon Burks, and I'm assuming a very early uh, 2025 first because he has listed here as the 101 or the 102. I'm assuming the guy's pick you picked up here is probably his team is just decimated. Maybe it's an orphan team. I don't know what the case is, but why is he trading is, for Mark Andrews is the first question that I would have. But and Rashad Bateman, like okay, yeah, to down to downgrade his pick from the 101, 102 to the mid late first. Yeah, you you crushed that deal at uh, 10:27. What would that be? October 27th? October 27th. Yeah, you yeah. sold this guy a casual Ravens fan probably. <laughs> Um, who bought uh, Andrews and Bateman, and you got his 2025 first. So definitely a great move on your part. Look at this deal. I mean, this, what's up? Sorry, I thought you were going on to the next deal because uh, the next deal, like I was trying to process in my brain. Okay, that that is Marvin Harrison Jr., by the way, 24-101. Remember that. Yeah, so he sells the 101, which it, it doesn't matter what's going to happen in the draft. It's going to be it's going to be Marvin, most likely. Chris Olave, the 104 and a 2025 first. You essentially just sold the 101 for Romo Dunze, Chris Olave, and you know, a random first next year. And and it's probably a mid first, but still, I mean, that's a pretty good process move. Olave versus Marvin Harrison, I would prefer Marvin, but it's probably a late first difference, max. And uh yeah. that you got you net the 104 out of this, basically. Yeah, I was going to say, like, maybe a lobby in the first, or if you're really gutty and maybe the entire league is not a Roma Dunze fan, maybe a lobby in 104. But the fact, either way you slice, you got an extra first of value here. So love that. And then this final move 24, 301, uh, 2024, 301, the 201, 202, and 2025, uh, 26, third, and $50 a fab for basically just getting rid of some fodder. Like, I, I love Elijah more, the talent, but I'm not sure if he's ever going to beat the Curtis Samuel allegations at this point. Jalen Hyatt was always going to be a lotto ticket type of prospect. 
Quentin Johnson. I mean, if people are still buying on Quentin Johnson, I'll sell. And you got the two, the two hundred one, two hundred two in twenty twenty five. That asset on its own, I think, is worth the entire package. To be honest. Yeah, like I'm in a startup right now, and these guys are on the board, and we're in like round sixteen. So I mean, they're not very valuable assets. We're at, I think we're rookie, at rookie pick three hundred one right now, and these guys are still yeah. on the board. So I mean, they're not very valuable dudes, and getting an early second rounder out of it is essentially all that matters out of this trade. So, I mean, you yeah. made some sharp trades, clearly. And, I mean, he also asks a bunch of questions here. He's like, having 10 rookie picks this year, I need to shed some guys off of my roster, trade some picks. Which guys would you be looking to trade? I mean, the easy answer to all of your questions here, because I'm reading everything that you got here, is I'm looking to buy studs with this team because you're already in yes. a position where you're, you're strong most positions. You could probably win next year if things broke right for you. So what I would potentially do is take a guy like Tajay Spears, who's a volatile asset, could become something next year, but we're not exactly sure. Take Tajay Spears and the 107 or whatever, whatever pick you want to sell on. See how much more you have to pay on top of that to get to Brees Hall or Jameer Gibbs. Maybe it's Tajay Spears 107 and the 203 gets you to Jameer Gibbs or something like that. I'm looking to buy studs with this team. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm looking to buy studs because I feel like you're well positioned. And look at like look at the pick assortment you have with the roster that you already have. It's time to consolidate. It is a start eight league. It is a one quarterback league. Like Corey said, you need hammers to occupy your league here. Because realistically, man, if things break right, I can convince myself that you could be a top contender as soon as this upcoming year, to be quite honest. Oh, absolutely. And Kyle Pitts, an unnecessary risk that you have on your roster. Take Kyle Pitts in one of your mid first in 2025. See if that gets you to Sam Laporta. You know what I mean? Like just go after the guys that are going to be hammers at their positions for a number of years, because you don't need to buy, like, I'm not telling you go buy Austin Eckler. Like don't go buy productive win now contending assets. Go buy other young pieces that are going to be very good for the next three to five years, because the best place to be in dynasty is the place that you are in right now, which is a team that could be productive and could be competitive and win three or four championships over the next five seasons. Yeah. Like it, again, it, it depends what the top end market looks like Because judging from some of the deals you have made. It kind of looks like people disregard depth and uh, will trade for top end assets at top sticker sticker label prices. Like seeing what you got for Marvin Harrison jr. Is indicative of that. I would say, but that's more so if an opportunity arises in season, you have the liquidity to be able to pounce because you position yourself to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. You, you, you've you been playing Dynasty Wanye a while. I think you, know, you probably you know, know what to pay for some of these assets. And of course, yeah. you have access to our trade value chart, which is exactly. another reason why you guys would want to sign up on Flock Fantasy. And I would, given your team situation, I would add like a plus to each one of the things that we have listed on our trade value chart for stud assets. Like Jameer Gibbs, I think on our trade value chart is worth like, um, you know, in a one quarterback league, it would be worth two first round picks. Like I'd be willing to pay two first round picks and a second round pick for a guy like Jameer Gibbs, given your team situation. So yeah. um, definitely uh, keep that in mind and continue to build this thing because you're obviously in a very good position. Before we get into the next team, we do have to hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. Definitely check them out. You guys will be hearing that message right now. Hey lads, today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors over at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming across the globe. Fantasy football season is over, and now that we're into the NFL playoffs, our friends at Manscaped wanted to congratulate those of you who were able to take down your fantasy football championship. And as for the rest, well, the fantasy gods have spoken, and it is time to shave off your fantasy football playoff beards. No more hiding behind facial hair. It's time to embrace the clean slate with Manscaped's Beard Hedger. Gentlemen, tidy up your act with a clean shave before you draft your way to redemption next season. Manscaped is the ultimate franchise player to take your face to the end zone with the new 
Beard Hedger Pro Kit. This package has made it easier than ever for you to craft your signature look and is the premium beard sculpting machine. Featuring the Beard Hedger Cordless Trimmer, it has one guard with 20 different lengths while also being waterproof. That's right, no more drawers full of 20 different guards. Shower shave as much as your heart desires. With 20 different lengths, it's time to move the sticks from your old beard razor. Look and feel ready for the big game every day with Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Don't just shave, indulge in the liquid luxury. This kit includes specially crafted formulations to keep your beard looking excellent. And lastly, as a bonus, Manscaped has thrown in a beard accessory pack, your beard brush, your beard comb, and your beard scissors for the finishing touches every bearded gentleman deserves. This playoff season, it's time to join 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below the waist grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code BUSH for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, 20% off plus free shipping with promo code BUSH at manscaped.com. Manscaped gives your manhood the proper treatment it deserves. We appreciate the support for the Fancy Sock Exchange over with our friends at Manscaped and thank them for sponsoring today's video. And speaking of the video, let's get right back to it. All right, big shout out to Manscaped, of course, uh, manscaped.com, promo code Bush for 20% off plus free shipping. Now let's get into the next team that we have here from A. Strout. Um, he does have his team listed here. It's a 12-team PPR league. Um, it's a super flex league as well. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young is the main quarterbacks. Uh, nothing going on at running back, basically, with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, JSN, um, and then some other guys at wide receiver, some upside pieces there. Kyle Pitts, Michael Mayer, a lot of Kyle Pitts, Michael Mayer talk in this uh in this video today. And then 102, 104, 107, 201, 202, 203, 302, 308, 311, 402 in this year's rookie class, as well as a couple extra mid round picks, a second and a third in 2025 as well. So pretty, you know, common shell that we have here. We got a young quarterback core. We got a young wide receiver core, young tight end core, nothing going on at running back and a boatload of picks. This is something that we're very familiar with uh, over on this channel. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, just looking at this team right now, having CJ uh, as your main quarterback one, you have the one or two to be able to add your quarterback to there uh, and Bryce Young as a, a third upside quarterback with this team. Uh, obviously, the running back core is going to be filled out once you realize that you're in a full contention window and then you have the pick assortment to be able to attack those wide receivers. So uh, really, really like how you've structured this team uh, start 12 league. So depth does matter in this league. Uh, that's something to note, I believe here. Uh, I believe that's our 12, it says. But regardless, um, having anchors at each position there with Jamar, with Kyle Pitts, no running back yet, and CJ Stroud is a nice spot to be. He also has a couple listed potential trades on the table here that we can go through. Yeah, so this one is a really interesting one to me. Um, he basically says, like, what do yeah. I do with these trade offers? And also, he thinks this team is probably a house money team once he makes all of his draft picks and adds yeah. all those rookies to his team. I think that's probably a, a decent evaluation. He does say, like, oh, should I buy, like, aging running backs if the team turns itself around by the time the season starts? I would say probably not. Um, you only want to do that maybe in season once you get out to, like, a good start if you're, like, 3-0 and or you know, four and one at like week five, maybe that's when you would buy like this year's Raheem Mostert or something like that. Um, but anyways, these trades that are on the table right now, he has Jamar Chase in the 104 um, or his assets here. It is a super flex league. So 104, pretty valuable asset. Um, he would receive then 101 to a tongue of Iloa, Jahan Dotson at a 206. This ain't enough for me. Tua doesn't no. move the needle enough. If this was like Kyler Murray, 101, Jahan Dotson at 206, that's probably a different conversation. But like the best asset in this deal is 101. Not far behind that is probably Jamar Chase. And then 104 is not far behind Chase. So you're giving up two of the best three assets in this deal. 
And there's a significant drop off to the next best asset, which is Tua. Yeah. So we're looking Caleb versus uh, Jamar Chase. Even if you slightly prefer Caleb to Jamar Chase, like there's less than a second round. I'm pretty sure they're one spot apart in my startup rankings. They are. They are for me too. But I'm just saying like, even if you prefer Caleb, maybe your league's heavy quarterback or you have scoring bonuses for the quarterback position. Like, you're looking at a late second maximum of a difference either way you slice it. So for East sake, let's say Jamar and the 101 cancel each other out. I'm not paying the 104 for Tua Tungabailoa plus here. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Like, I don't know if Miami's going to resign him. He doesn't have that tether of a long-term deal. Like, is he going to be the next Jared Goff? And again, I'm not saying that derogatory in terms of can he be a, a good quarterback at, at a different team. I'm more so saying we saw Jared Goff's market value diminish tremendously when he got traded from the Rams to the Lions. Once the original team moves on from their quarterback, said quarterback instantly loses market value. That's just what happens. And I'm not exactly sure at this point if Tua is the, the committed long-term future for the Miami Dolphins. Again, maybe this is speculation. Maybe you're a Dolphins fan saying, okay, well, like, what's he talking about here? I think there's legitimate pause. Like, if an opportunity arises where Mike McDaniel can get his Matthew Stafford, I don't think it's out of the range of outcomes here. Yeah, and it, my, that guy might actually be Matthew Stafford Could potentially be. as well. Yeah. So, I mean... This is, you just need better assets. If you're going to sell Agreed. Chase in the 104, the bottom line is I would I would maybe sell Chase in the 104 for 101 and Kyler Murray if you needed better quarterbacks, which in your case you do. That's not a terrible move. But at the same time, there's no reason to take on Jahan Dotson. Ceiling's not that high, 206, whatever. Decent pick. It'll be a good wide receiver. It's Lad McConkey or whatever. That's a good yeah. receiver prospect, but it's not moving the needle enough uh, as much as Jamar Chase and the 104 are doing. Um, so I would say that's a safe decline for me there. And then um, question I have for you. So what's um, assuming, let's just say to Mar Chase in the 104, heck no. What pick would it need to be for you to prefer the 101 side here? Basically, um, it's Jamar in the 104 right now. Let's like, would you do it for Jamar in the 107? Would you do it for Jamar in the 108? I think like, I would do the line? 107 and Chase still. Um, you don't have the 109 or the 110 or 111. That's probably about the range. The 201, I guess, is the logical answer given the picks that you actually possess. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I would just I, kinda... I know the other guy would do that because he probably wants Great. Chase plus an opportunity to get another quarterback because he's selling two quarterbacks in 101 and two at Tungavailoa. So, not a good deal. Probably not going to work for either side. Uh, 102, 107, 201, a second uh, that's late in 2025 in DeMario Douglas in exchange for Joe Burrow in the 303. So in this case, you'd be buying an elite quarterback, buying an elite asset. 102, it's too much. I agree. I, like 102 is going to be Marvin most likely. And if it's not Marvin, it'll be Drake or Jaden Daniels or something like that. So you're yeah. getting a, a probable late first round, early second round startup asset for Joe Burrow, who's a mid startup or mid first round startup asset, who's older and your team is young. So that also factors in 107 is going to be a good Romo Dunze, Brock Bowers at the worst. And then 201 is probably a solid receiver prospect as well. So I think this is like a relatively decent deal. I don't think it's outrageously overpriced what this guy's asking for, for Joe Burrow. Agreed. I think if I were you, I would, would you do this if it was just 102 and 107? 102 and 107, I wouldn't. The reason why is because, like you said, the startup value difference, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, I would be surprised, but more so um, I wouldn't scoff at it if Joe Burrow went after any wide receivers in Dynasty. And if, technically speaking, you're you're thinking Marvin Harrison can get to that Chase, Jefferson, C.D. Lamb level as soon as maybe even the middle of his rookie season, 
at that point, it's like, is it worth giving up a guy like Romo Dunze, who's probably also going to be a fourth round startup value, fifth round startup yeah, value? Considering your team is young and you're you're a team that's going to be on the rise here. Like Burrow's yeah. not old. He's going to be great for a number of years, but you'd prefer the 21-year-old or 22-year-old receiver, just given the team construction uh, that you have here. So if this what was 107 for Joe Burrow in the 111 or something like that, I might consider it. But um, I think this is just a little bit too much to pay as well. And then uh, he does have Real a quick. trade listed here that he ended up making. I'll, I'll let you get into that. Though. I was just going to say, what quarterback would that need to be for you to want the quarterback instead of the 102 side? Like, let's just play hypothetical. I wouldn't even do that if that was Hurts, I think. I agree. That I, would I think probably... it would need to be Allen or Mahomes for me to do that. I, I, I would agree. And I, I'm saying it because it's like you're looking through that tier. Joe Burrow, obviously older. You have CJ Stroud. Burrow's my quarterback four, man. Like if anybody's yeah. going to want to do this, it's going to be me. Like I'm I'm very high on Joe yeah. Burrow. So if I'm saying no to this, like, that should tell you a lot because yeah. I'm I'm extremely high on Joe Burrow. So uh, the trade that I he agree. ended up making there in September was uh, Devontae Smith, James Cook, jo uh, Dallas Goddard, Josh Downs, and then uh, two mid to late second round picks. And that's how he got Jamar Chase and Michael Mayer. Um, he was shedding points from his team is basically what he said. So I think this is a pretty good move. I mean, Very. Smith, Cook, uh, Cook especially gained value during the season. Same with Josh Downs. And those seconds are going to be fine picks. And knowing that you were like a team that wasn't really ready to compete and you needed all the assets you could handle, that's kind of maybe a negative towards why you would want to make this trade because I think your team would be maybe even a little bit better off in terms of depth-wise if you had all these assets. But having a guy like Jamar Chase is is obviously great. Like just having a guy that's a, a locked and loaded stud. Michael Mayer is a guy that has an upside to become a stud tight end for you. And I mean, because you have Pitts as your main guy, it's not the worst idea in the world to have a better tight end two option um, behind Kyle Pitts. So I think this was a pretty solid move. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking through it right now. There's no moves that are going to or there's no players on the other side, in my opinion, that are going to keep you up at night. Whereas Jamar Chase is a player that y you fight for, period. Like it, the way I kind of describe it is you're not going to lose sleep losing Devontae Smith from your dynasty team or James Cook from your dynasty team or Dallas Goddard from your dynasty team. So going out and getting a, a true difference making needle mover like Jamar Chase, given the position you're in, I'm always going to be for. Yeah, I mean, this is essentially like selling a first round startup pick for like a fourth, a sixth, uh, eighth and a tenth and then two twelfths. It's like nobody's going to do that. Like you want yeah. the first round startup pick most yeah. of the time. So um, that's basically kind of what you did here. And then Michael Mayer also not a slouch in his own regard. So I would say, I mean, your team is well set up. You kind of know what you're doing at this point. You just need to don't be too uh, impatient with this because you mentioned like, oh, maybe I buy like aging running backs close to the season. I would say you'd only do that if your team is really starting to reap some real rewards. And I would wait till in season to actually do that, not before the season. Um, yeah. I would want to see kind of how my team is progressing during the actual uh, time that they're needing to score fantasy points. So definitely be patient with that one, A. Strout. Um, we can move on to AJ's team here. Um, he got very lucky here, he says, with some shots on Pua and Tank Dell. So now he has a very deep wide receiver core. He made a trade with uh, Cooper, involving Cooper Cup, so that obviously backfired, and that will he'll probably be stuck with him unless he tries to move off him for like an old crusty running back. He says, uh, what should I look to do? Obviously in need of running back help. This is a one quarterback, no super flex. So Allen, main quarterback there. It sucks that it's not a super flex because Allen and Stroud are obviously two of the top oh like God, four yeah. quarterbacks in Dynasty right now. Um, Bijan, Tony Pollard is the main running backs there with some other guys in uh, the wings. CeeDee Lamb, Diggs, Cup, Smith, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Calvin Ridley, Nakua, Tank Dell. Absurd wide receiver core yeah. there. TJ Hawkinson as your main tight end. Of course, he's coming off a torn ACL, so that's not ideal for a team that I would definitely classify as a competitive one. 
Um, and then he doesn't have any of his picks in 2024 and 2025, at least in the uh, first round. And then his second rounder is missing as well in 2025. So pretty clear that this is a contending team. And like you said, he's probably stuck with a guy like Cooper cup. Um, but what are your thoughts on this? Are you just running this back to next year and kind of uh, seeing what yeah. happens? Or are you trying to make some moves here? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much running it back. If I'm looking at needle movers at every single spot here, you got the quarterback one in Dynasty, in my opinion, especially in a one-quarterback league with Josh Allen. The reason why I say especially in a one-quarterback is in Superflex, if somebody wants to argue, okay, I just want to enjoy Mahomes throughout his career, I'm not going to argue against it. But in a one-quarterback, it's objective that Josh Allen produces more fantasy points and production over liquidity in a one-quarterback league versus Superflex. So Josh Allen, quarterback one there. B. Sean Robinson, still my running back one. If somebody's even negative on him, pessimistic on him, top four overall running back in Dynasty. Yeah, and ease. AJ's a Falcons fan too, so I'm sure he yeah. loves him. So you know. The move that stands out to me real quick on this team is because yeah. you're so deep at wide receiver and because you have a couple guys that are on the upswing right now, particularly Puka Nakua and Devontae probably Smith. Tank Dell as well, I would maybe consider trying to fortify a different position group of yours using the liquidity that you built up. Like you said, you just got lucky on those guys when you drafted them. Puka Nakua wasn't supposed to be good for your team. If you could sell Puka Nakua hypothetically Jameer and Gibbs. TJ Hawkinson and net Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta or something gets you stronger at running back and at tight end. And you're also offloading a receiver that yes, you could use Puka Nakua, but he's on the upswing right now. We don't know if he's ever going to have a season like that again. Like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable what he did as a rookie. So you never want to sell a player like that. But if you could fortify your running back and tight end position with the move of like your seventh receiver or whatever, it makes some sense. Yeah. No, I agree. Now it's going to be tough to upgrade both spots there because I do, I do think in most startups, uh, Gibbs and Puka are probably going to be off the board relatively within the same half round. So well, would I you sell Puka straight up for Gibbs then potentially in this situation? I'd be willing to. I'd be willing I to. Would too. I would too. I think I think you could probably get see... Reese Hall too, and potentially like a contending tight end to help you until TJ Hawkinson comes back. Like maybe you could sell uh, Puka Nakua for Brees Hall and um, Dallas Goddard or something like that. Like that might make some sense as well. Devonte Smith's also another piece I, I'd be looking to move uh, potentially. Now the question I have here: Let's just say somebody's weak at wide receiver, maybe has three running backs that they're confident in. Do you think that they'd be willing to take something of like? Smith digs in the 211 for a guy like Jameer Gibbs for a guy like Brees Hall. Do you think that's attainable? Um, or is that a little maybe? I, like, I'd be willing to do that if I was AJ, yeah. but I don't know if they're going to be willing that's, to do that's that. That's the in question. Their situation. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the be I think the best thing that you can do with this Puka. team is, you know, reserve yourself to say that Diggs and Cup, they're going to be hard to sell, right? Like, they're not, people are not going to be wanting to buy those guys and your competitive team. You might as well just hold that production. So if you could sell guys that are on the upswing that are young to teams that have maybe some competitive assets, that's probably the route you're going to have to go down, just given what they're going to be looking for in a trade, what you're willing to give up in a trade, and what you're after. So um, Puka Nakua and Tank Dell stand out to me as guys that I would potentially shop to try and make your running back core a little bit better. But I mean, I'd only be doing that for stud running backs that aren't going to lose their job. Like I wouldn't be buying, you know, James Cook or anything like that. I'd be going to buy Jameer Gibbs or Brees Hall, guys that are stud solidified guys. Yep. No, I would agree here. Uh, you do have a couple trades listed we can go through as well. Um, so the first one here, uh, let's go in chronological order. This is what, September 18th. You're able to get Cooper Cup, AJ Dillon in the 402 in exchange for Deontay, Jalen Hyatt and the 20. I mean, he said he regretted this trade. I don't think that's that bad. It's not that bad. It's like you made a play to go to contend. Obviously, Cooper Cup got hurt, so like you can't really control that. That's just the risk sometimes you contend. You're buying points, and sometimes when they're not producing points, you, you feel like you regret the deal. 
Yeah, exactly. And if you, if Cup produces points next year because he's healthy or whatever, then you're probably going to look back on that deal and be like, yeah, it was fine. So um, don't don't hate that. Obviously, you bought the wrong contending asset, but at the same time, that was probably fine process. Um, Michael Mayer, um, a late first 20. in 2026. So he also sold his 2026 first by the looks of it as well. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, the 411 and a 2025 third is what he received there. So, I mean, before Hawkinson's injury, I would say you probably won this deal because Mayer hasn't, like, I like Mayer, yeah. but he hasn't done anything yet. And then a late 2026 first, you know, he's worth more than that. I don't know if this is a tight end premium or not. I don't think it is, but Hawkinson is, is still a very good asset. So you, this deal is probably about neutral in my opinion. Yeah. Especially in a one quarterback league, the uh, devalued uh, late first round. So I'm not as worried. Uh, 312 versus a 2025 third mid. Who cares? Like, cool. You, you downgraded from the 312 in 2024 uh, to the, the 2025 306. Big fucking deal. It's not a big, like it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's not consequential. Uh, the only times it's ever consequential is when that pick ends up being tanked or Puka Nakua, but that Which is, is very never. rare. That's like almost never happens majority of the time it ends up you lost to chase brown which you know got some upside but at the same time it's like are you really losing sleep over it you aren't but we can move on to this next deal because i think you just fleece this guy uh one quarterback league i don't know how baker mayfield's getting a, a second round pick much less a 2024 to 11 yeah that's pretty crazy that you got baker for that so good move for you, you recoup some draft capital i would yep. again looking at your team you're, you're well set up to compete again my only move that I would suggest is potentially trying to get a stud superstar running back only using some of your wide receiver depth. I would not buy a random running back, but only a superstar like Jameer Gibbs or Brees Hall. Hopefully they're sitting on a team where the guy needs young wide receivers or something like that. And it'll work out for you that way. Yep. No, I uh, fully agree. But with that being said, I feel like we can move on to the final team here, team number seven, and that's from Corey Van. And the main question is just, what should I be looking to do in this 2024 rookie draft? So team here, one quarterback league, start 10 league, uh, four flexes, two wide receiver spots, two running backs, a quarterback and a tight end. He has Tua Tungvaluwa, Matthew Stafford, Hendon Hooker at quarterback, Algier, Achan, Hunt, Evans, et cetera, there at running back. Zay Flowers, Tank Dell, uh, and the other names there at wide receiver. Dalton Kincaid at tight end. He's got the 109 this year, the 205, the 308, the 509, and the 510. Two seconds without his 2025 first, but also two 26 first round picks. So overall, I'll uh, get your thoughts on the team, and then we can also look at the trade he made. Yeah, this team's in rough shape, man. I'm not going to lie. You, you don't have a needle-moving quarterback. It's a one-quarterback league, but it still yeah. matters. Uh, running back, you got a Chan and pretty much nothing else. Uh, yeah. wide receivers, tank Dell and Zay flowers are your studs. I mean, they're fine. They're good, yeah. but I would like them to be my wide receiver three and four on a competitive team, not a wide receiver one and two. And you got nobody pretty much after them that that's worth really anything. And then Kincaid's a fine tight end to build around Ingram and Dolchich is good depth, but this is a rough team, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This is going to be a challenging rebuild. You don't have your 2025 first in addition to this. Um, and you have the 109 this year. So this is the the type of team that looks like you maybe tried to go all in. You didn't get the result that you were looking for. And now you're kind of stuck in limbo. So my advice for this team, you asked, your question was just, what should I do in the rookie draft? I mean, 109 and 205 are going to be primo position to get like an Adonai Mitchell, Xavier yeah. Worthy, something like that with the 109. 205, you grab, you know, some other wide receiver upside prospect or you grab a upside swing on Bucky Irving or something like that. But my holistic- Can you get your first back? Yeah, my holistic take on this team is I'm tearing this thing down. Yeah, um, because I mean, you did a week ago. You you gave up your first round pick for the 208, the 312, 25 first for Pierce, the 205, and the 26 first. 
why this, in my opinion, isn't isn't the right deal to go here. Uh, to put it nicely, is that the two hundred five to two hundred eight negligible difference. Alec Pierce probably worth a third round pick, but prolonging your first from twenty five to twenty six. Not to mention you have listed here as a mid first. I'm not gonna lie. If I was owning this team, that twenty five first would be the one hundred one. Like I would tear this thing down to the bone. Like we're talking about any pieces that net me value. I'm selling. I'm selling, and I'm getting that twenty twenty five one hundred one. I mean, it could work out for you. Maybe the 26 first is from a team that is closer to early than mid. But if that's a legitimate like 106, 107 team, losing the ability to tank my pick this upcoming year to the 101 and prolonging another year of buy-ins is the the main loss of value here. Not necessarily that you lost out in terms of, oh, Pierce is worse than the 312 or the 205 is worse than the 208. No, it's losing the affordability. It's losing the time essence of putting that 25 pick to 2026 and also not being able to control your direction this upcoming year. Yeah, this is like essentially the situation that the Carolina Panthers are in right now where they yeah. sold all their first round picks for Bryce Young and now they can't build around Bryce Young. That's kind of the position you're in right now, which is the yeah. least favorable position you can be in in Dynasty where you have a not very good team and not the pick capital to be able to rebuild the thing. So anybody that's worth value, Kincaid, Zay Flowers, Tank Dell, um, A-Chan especially. Two, I mean, two and Stafford probably aren't worth much in a one quarterback league, but yeah, I'm, I'm ripping this thing down to the studs. The absolute first move that you're making is going back to the guy that you made this trade with looks like about a week ago and you're striking before he realizes what you're doing. See if he wants to buy Zay flowers from you. See if he wants to buy tank Dell from you. See if he wants to buy Dalton Kincaid from you. If you can sell tank Dell for your first straight up, that is a win. Even if you're like, Oh, I want more for tank Dell. Trust me. That's a win because you're going to be tanking that pick. Yeah, and if he's curious and he's like, uh, oh, well, why do you want your pick back? You just, you just traded it to me. Like, just tell him, oh, I like this wide receiver class this year and I feel like I can move Zay Flowers. That's all you need to say. That's all yeah. you need to say. Yeah, yeah, or you're just like, hey, I'm I'm trying to set up my winning window for 2025 and 2026 or whatever. Yeah. Just like tell him that. Like, that's kind yeah. of, it's honest also. You're like, you're kind yeah. of telling him the truth, but not really telling him that I'm going to tank the pick. So. Um, yeah. it'd be funny if you sold tank Dell for the pick that you intend to tank. So that would yeah. be funny as well. So maybe that's the deal that I would start with. But it, the, the unfortunate thing is then you're going to ruin your 2026 first that you bought from him because you're gonna make his team better. So not an ideal situation to be in, but yeah, your, your, your course of action here is to sell, sell the players yeah. because dude, you, you'd have to get miraculously lucky for this thing to become a competitive team. Uh, one of the best in your league, like Tyler, like Bijan's got to go down week one. Tyler Algier's got to be a league winner. You need to have Jacoby, like Adams needs to get traded. And the, the Raiders, for some reason, just don't address the wide receiver position. And Jacoby Myers has 170 Port, targets. Portland like, you got to get so with lucky with this team. It's like, it's difficult. Yeah, like Cortland Sutton signs with the Chiefs or uh, a high-end passing team and becomes like uh, a, to a mid-end wide receiver too because he catches 13 touchdowns. Like the, yeah, you need a like lot this, to break, right? Yeah, th this is a team that like you go buy a Powerball ticket if you win a championship with this thing. Like it, it, you, you need to you need to get some work done for this one for sure. So yeah, anybody that's worth anything, HN, Flowers, Tank Dell, Jacoby Myers, Dalton Kincaid, Cortland Sutton, Tua Tonga Vailoa, whatever, they're off my team. 
punt the picks to 2025, punt the picks to 2026 if people are not willing to give up 2024 picks because they now understand who's in the class and how good the class is and that kind of thing. Um, just aim for 2025 and 2026. You need liquidity. Your goal is to get the 2025 101 and the 2026 101 and have three or four first rounders in each class, a bunch of second and third rounders in each class. Anybody that is going to fetch you any value. If somebody wants to buy Zach Evans, Cedric Tillman, and Cortland Sutton for a single second round pick, you sell them all three players for a single Easily. second round pick. Yeah, without hesitating. Any any pieces that you have on this team that can net you liquidity, you go for the liquidity. Even if it comes to the point where your team is quite literally, I don't even know, uh, Matthew Stafford and literally nobody else because Matthew Stafford you couldn't sell, that's fine. That's fine. You don't need to fill out positions. You need to get the picks. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean... It wouldn't be a Dynasty Decisions episode without some tough decisions coming at the end of this one. If you guys did enjoy this video, leave a like down below. Subscribe if you're new around here. I did tease it at the beginning of the video. If you are not a member of Flock Fantasy right now, you need to be because our draft guide is coming out very soon. You can learn a lot about this 2024 class once that comes out. We've been digging through tape, grinding fast and furious to get educated on this class very soon to the site as well. We'll have film breakdowns on all these prospects. We'll have our dynasty one quarterback and super flex and prospect rankings updated all the time, every you know two or three weeks for the next end of our lives. And then also we're going to have a ton of uh, other content coming to the site, including our draft, cla uh, draft class databases, prospect models, all that good stuff. And of course, if you want your team broken down on Dynasty Decisions episodes in the future, the easiest way to skip the line is to become a Flock Fantasy member using the promo code FSE. You have to use promo code FSE to get that benefit. So make sure you're not submitting teams to promo code Flock or whatever, although we do appreciate you supporting the site. It doesn't actually support us. So definitely make sure that you're using that promo code FSE and sign up annually, of course, to get the best value and a free Zoom consultation. So with that being said, peace out and we'll talk to you soon.